Respected ulama-i kiram, elders and brothers, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has blessed us with the beautiful and comprehensive deen of Islam. Islam is a deen that covers every facet of our lives. Unfortunately, many of us have understood Islam only to be ibadat, only to be salah, only to be in the masjid, only to be zikr or hajj and umrah. But Islam is a perfect and complete deen that covers every single facet of our lives. And we as Muslims, we are instructed and commanded, Udukhulu fi silmi kafa. Enter in Islam entirely. Every aspect of Islam, every teaching of Islam, every teaching of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, bring it into your life. Then only will you reach the level of perfection. For you to reach the level of perfection, for you to get high status, high ranks, then you're going to have to bring every aspect of Islam and deen into your life. Alhamdulillah, in the month of Ramadan, one of the Jumas we had discussed the topic of adab and respect. And because the time was limited, there were many aspects that we still wanted to discuss which were not completed and not covered in the bayan. So inshallah we will continue with that same topic of adab and respect. Ulama explain, Ma wasala man wasala illa bil hurma. Whoever reached the pinnacle of virtue and glory and perfection, the only reason for him reaching it was other than respect. 
وَمَا سَقَتَ مَنْ سَقَتَ إِلَّا بِتَرْكِ الْحُرْمَةِ And those people who fell, and those people who were deprived, who never reached the level of perfection, then the only reason for that was because they never had adab and they never had respect. When we speak about the word adab, it is a very broad a very broad terminology. It covers so many different aspects of our lives. As we mentioned also the saying of Hazrat Abdullah ibn Mubarak rahmatullahi that this adab is so important, it almost covers two-thirds of our deen. Two-thirds of our deen is in adab, and the rest is in the other teachings. That is how important it is, because it is etiquette, it is respect, different etiquettes for different occasions, for different ibadats. And when a person understands that important of etiquettes, then you find that that person, now he becomes an asset to his community. He will become a means of solace and comfort for the people around him. Because he understands what is etiquettes. He knows how to speak. He knows what to say, what not to say. Sometimes two people are saying the same thing. But the way they say it makes a worlds of a difference. The style in which they are saying it, the approach in which they are use, using, the tone which they are speaking. Two people are saying the same thing. One person is saying it in a soft tone. He's saying it in a gentle tone. The other person is shouting and screaming and he's saying it. So both make a very big difference. Both will be received differently. Both will be accepted differently. The person who is speaking in a decent manner, he's speaking with humility, he's speaking in a soft tone, that his message now is accepted. He can be speaking to his wife, he can be speaking to his child, he can be speaking to someone that is working for him, but he's saying it in an appropriate manner. The person can receive it. As someone put it very beautifully, they said, soft words can soften hearts that are harder than rocks. Someone's heart is harder than a rock. But soft words can soften his heart. That is why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, when Hazrat Musa salam is going to give dawah to Fir'aun, one of the greatest tyrants in the history of mankind, the man who proclaimed, Ana Rabbukumul Allah, I am your superior Lord. Musa salam is going to give dawah. Allah ta'ala instructs Hazrat Musa salam Speak to him in a very soft tone. Use a soft approach towards him. Then there's hope that he may accept your advice. Who is speaking to? The worst person on the surface of the earth at that time, Fir'aun. And the best person on the surface of, that, of the earth at that time was Hazrat Musa salam. And Allah Ta'ala is commanding him. So can we ever be better than Hazrat Musa salam? Can the person we are speaking to be worse than Fir'aun? That now it warrants you to just speak anyhow and scream and shout and swear. So this is now that approach that you are taking. You are saying the same thing, the message is the same. But what methodology you are using, what approach you are using, what words you are using. And then that saying that harsh words will harden hearts that are softer than silk. A man is a very soft person. He's very good by nature. But you use harsh words towards him. You can turn the whole, the man's whole attitude, his whole mood you can spoil now. 
Because you are using harsh words. So this is what we are speaking about adab. And how you learn how to speak. Where to say some. Sometimes the occasion is for you to keep quiet. You have to understand this is occasion now for me to remain silent, for me to say nothing. Maybe whatever needs to be said will be said on another occasion. Husband and wife now are having, there's an argument and you know, you can see the person can see his wife is angry over something. Now that is not the time to correct the wife. Although you may, you want to correct her, you know, you learned now that you have to make nahi and ilmunkar, you have to stop the wrong, but that is not the time now to correct the situation. You have to wait now for her mood to improve. She's in a happy mood. Now she's understanding. Now in a good manner, now you will correct the situation. Now you will tell her, see this year was not the most appropriate thing. Maybe if you did it this way, it would have been better. So we're speaking about two people saying the same thing. But the approach is different. So the impact also will be different. The effect also will be different. So normally they give the example of a king who had seen a dream. In the dream he had seen that some of his teeth were falling out. Now just as a note of caution, when we hear dreams, I don't think we should apply it to ourselves. Often people they hear a dream and then they see a similar dream, then they apply the interpretation to their own selves. So the field of interpretation of dreams is a field on its own. That's a science on its own. You won't just get it by picking up some book. Someone just get Muhammad ibn Sirin, Rahimahullah's book, or he gets a book on interpretation of dreams, and he starts, that, that, that can create a lot of anxiety and a lot of panic in your life. So unnecessarily, don't create all this anxiety and panic. You rather go to an expert in the field and get a proper interpretation. So this king sees this dream. So he calls in an interpreter. So that interpreter, you know, he says, he'll call a spade a spade. He'll say it the way it is. He told the king, some of your family members are going to die. That's what's going to happen. So the king was enraged. He was angered. You just come in, I'm the king. You just speak to me anyhow. Execute this man. This is, he cannot talk to the king like this. You just tell me. You just break the news like that. Some of the kings were like very sensitive people also in the past. So you're going to be very careful how you speak to them, what you say, what words you use. And like that, you'll find women also are very sensitive. The hadith also, uh, Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam resembled them to glass. You know, glass is something that is fragile. You just drop it, it'll break. So you can just say something and you can spoil the mood for weeks and months. You can just change the whole situation. Call in a second interpreter. Second interpreter, now he learned adab and he learned wisdom. He learned diplomacy. So he said, King, it's a very good dream. What you mean very good dream? What's the interpretation? It means you will outlive your family members. So instead of telling him they're going to die, he told him you're going to live. Indirectly, he gave him the same message. But now the king appreciated the interpretation. Now give this man a gift now. He must get a gift now. He must be, get an award. Because of the way he spoke. So speaking is a very, very important thing. The way you speak, the way you get your message across. And that is what will show your nobility. Your speech will show what type of a person you are. If you've got no respect and you don't know how to speak, it means only one thing, that you were not given the correct upbringing. You were not given proper etiquettes. You were not taught. People never taught you. Or maybe you were taught it. Maybe it was taught to you. But you never taken that lesson. So this adab is such an important aspect 
in every facet of our lives. We are speaking about speech. But as I mentioned, every single thing, every single aspect, every facet, every teaching of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, there is adab required. You know the law of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. When someone tells you this is the law of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, how you receive it? How you accept it? When shaitan was given an instruction, was disrespect. Shaitan then looked at Allah is commanding him. He used his own reasoning. He used his own reasoning. Now he tried to make some interpretation. Why, why, why is it I have to now bow down for Hazrat Adam? Because of that disrespect to the command of Allah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala rejected shaitan for the rest of time. This man is rejected. Finish now. The, Allah's curse is on him. Why? Because he did not respect the command of Allah. This is Allah's command. Okay, even if for some reason you are weak and you cannot carry out the command of Allah, then instead of trying to justify the wrong that you're doing and trying to now prove your stance, you rather say, you know what? Maf, I'm weak. You know, it's my weakness. Make dua for me. Inshallah, one day I will get the tawfiq. One day Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will give me the tawfiq. I will come on that what you are speaking about. But now I'm weak. It's my weakness. Accept it to be your weakness. Someone is telling you, this is the sunnah of Rasulullah Don't try to defend now and say, no, it's only sunnah. No, this is, you're right. This is the sunnah of Rasulullah i supposed to be doing it. It's supposed to be in my life. But I'm a weak person. Gradually, slowly, slowly, I'm learning. Day by day, I'm learning more things. Inshallah, one day, I will bring this in my life. So this is adab, and this is respect. Now you come to the masjid. The masjid has got its own etiquettes. You know, the masjid is no ordinary place. This is no ordinary place, this is no ordinary home. This is the house of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We can never make sufficient shukr for this that Allah allowed us to come into the masjid. At no point should you ever think to yourself, we are not fit and not worthy to come into the masjid. Even if we wash ourselves with the water of the seven oceans, if we look at our weaknesses, how many mistakes we make in our lives, we are not fit to come. But yeah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, out of His fuzzle and grace, Allah allowed us. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allowed us to come into His house. So now there's etiquettes that need to be observed in the masjid also. Now a person coming to the masjid, first of all, you see how you're dressing. What are you wearing? Will you just wear that and go to any gathering? Tomorrow you're going into a gathering, you know, where there's all very, very respectable, very noble people. Are you just going to wear anything and everything and just go there? No, no, you're going to be very particular of what clothing you wear. So first of all, you'll see your dressing is right. Your dressing is proper. Then you're coming into the masjid, you're following all the etiquettes, all the sunnats, you're entering with your right foot, you're reading the dua, you're doing everything that you're supposed to do. And you're ensuring that there's no bad odor on you. In the time of Rasulullah if someone ate onions, raw onions, and he came into the masjid, literally he was escorted out of the masjid. Literally, someone take him, please brother, go from here. This is not the place for you to be. Your mouth is giving out a bad smell. That is why it's so important for us to use a miswak. So you're using the miswak all the time. You're cleaning your mouth. Now you're presenting yourself before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now how particular you need to be when you're coming into the masjid. Now there's no bad odor. If a person has got this habit of smoking, which is not supposed to be doing in the first place. But if for some reason he did it, he makes sure he cleans his mouth, he brushes his teeth. Then he comes into the masjid. He knows now that there's a good smell that is emanating from him. 
Because apart from the people in the masjid, remember there are farishtas here. And the farishtas are inconvenienced. The farishtas will make dua for you as long as you're in the masjid. But when you're going to inconvenience others, when you're going to inconvenience the farishtas, how do you expect to get the duas of the farishtas? So the masjid has also got its own etiquettes. You make sure that you don't leave any mess in the masjid. How often you'll find now, people are eating, sometimes you'll see it here also. Someone is eating something, some chocolate, or they're eating some popsicle, whatever. They're just leaving that paper, they're just leaving the wrapping on the floor. They're just throwing it there. Ramadan time, people are having kajur, they're just leaving the kajur seeds there. So this is the masjid. This is the house of Allah. You need to be more particular than your own house. Your own house, you won't just do anything. You know, you get a shouting. Your wife will shout you, why are you messing the place? We're getting visitors, don't you know? We're getting visitors, this house. This is the house of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You need to be more, if there's some dirt, pick up the dirt, put it in your pocket. It's better you put the dirt in your pocket. Your pocket can get messed, it's fine. But the house of Allah must not get messed. This is the house of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now when you're going to come in with disrespect, then Allah is going to bless you. Remember, Allah is watching. Allah is watching the hearts. He's not only looking at the outward form of the person. Now a person is a masjid, unnecessarily is not getting involved in worldly discussions. A person is in a masjid, he's not making noise. This is not a shopping center. This is not a marketplace where people scream and shout. It is a masjid. A person should not be making noise here in the masjid. He should, if he needs to speak something, speak softly. Don't inconvenience others. Because this is the house of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That's why Hazrat Umar radiallahu an, in his time, he built a special place outside the masjid. You know, like a small platform. And he told the people, your discussions, your talks, you go out there and you talk. Not here. Not in the masjid. There shouldn't be all this mustn't happen in the masjid. You go on the outside, and then you need to talk, you need to do what you do. Then you go there and you do it. So a person needs to, he goes on the outside of the masjid. That too, even if he's on the outside of the masjid, be careful that you're not speaking so loud, that you're going to inconvenience the people in the masjid. Now you see this, when you see this problem, mainly at the time when nikahs are happening, when functions are happening. That is why Hazrat Mawani Yunus Patel, Rahmatullahi, if I recall well, towards the end of his life, Morana used to perform the nikah in the sand of the masjid, Masjid al-Nur. Morana used to perform that nikah in the back. And one of the reasons for this was, that after the nikah now, all the talking starts, now people are greeting, people are meeting. Okay, if you do it softly, you do it silently, there's no major noise. Now you find there's a new trend. I don't know if that trend is everywhere or certain places that sometimes when they're greeting people, then they tap them on the back. So I didn't read that in any kitab. You know, when you're making mu'anaqa, you should be tapping someone on the back. Anyway, that has become a trend. Now can you imagine 50 people meeting and everyone tapping on the back? What a loud noise that is. A man is performing salah on one corner or he's making tilawat. Now you disturb the man's salah, you disturb the man's tilawat. So you came to the masjid. So the etiquettes of the masjid, how important it is now. Etiquettes. So we make sure we are not a source of inconvenience. We are not a source of noise. We are not a source of... Don't put people out. You know, you, some, you get all sorts of people coming to the masjid. People will make mistakes. In the time of Rasulullah one Bedouin, he comes to the masjid. And he doesn't know. The man just came into Islam. The masjids were not like now, how we've got the setup now with the carpets and the musallas. And that person starts urinating. And Sahaba radiallahu anhu want to stop him. Rasulullah said, La tuzrimu, leave him. He already started urinating now. 
Don't stop him because there were several reasons that the commentators of hadith explained. Now you're going to try to stop him. One is that that may harm him just to stop the man's urine all of a sudden. Secondly, he's already messed the place now. If, but if you try to stop him, he may move. The mob of the masjid may get messed. So eventually he got someone to watch that. And then Rasulullah some called the person one side. And then he told him that see, this is the masjid, this is the house of Allah. We can't do all these things here. He explained to the man in a beautiful way. And Rasulullah was the best teacher. He knew how to get his message across. People loved him for the way he got his message across. People appreciated it. Rasulullah is here to educate us. He's not here to humiliate us. He's not here to embarrass us. So we don't just embarrass people. We don't just humiliate people. People are coming from all sorts of backgrounds. People got all sorts of problems. Someone is going to make a mistake. There's a way for correcting also. There's a way to correct a person. When you want to instruct with the good, you want to prohibit from the evil, there's a way to do it. Now you need to learn the way, you need to learn the method, and then you do it. Or otherwise, if you don't know how to do it, then leave it to the responsible people. Leave it to the senior people, maybe the alim of the masjid, maybe the imam of the masjid. Bring it to his attention. You know, Mawlana, this is the problem. Could you please address the situation? Let him address it in a way that is appropriate. So we're speaking about respect and how important this aspect of respect is and etiquettes in every different facet of our lives, every aspect of our lives. We need to see what is the right etiquette. Now, how we deal with our seniors, you know, ulama say, we are in the age of disrespect. If you look at it, the disrespect that we are seeing now, and that's perhaps uh, because of this, uh, all these negative influences. The amount of disrespect perhaps in the history of mankind, there wasn't so much of disrespect. You even get a situation where a student will go to the, you know, he will, he, he will stoop so low that he will try to harm his tutor. To such an extent, student can even kill his tutor. He can kill his teacher, the same teacher that he's gaining knowledge from. Ulama explained even worldly knowledge. Person can only be successful if you will show respect. Even if you're studying worldly knowledge, I'm not talking about dini knowledge. Dini knowledge is even more important. But even if it is circular education, if you're not going to show respect to your teachers, to your tutors, you will never get knowledge. So this is a time now where people don't have respect anymore. They don't respect for the seniors. The juniors have got no respect for the seniors, as well as the seniors have got no consideration for the juniors. And Rasulullah ﷺ said it, minna mallam kabirana wa sagirana. That person is not from among us, who cannot show respect to our seniors. And that senior is not from among us, who cannot show compassion to our juniors. So our ulama, they give us a very, a very like beautiful advice. And they tell us, that see, when you see anyone senior to you, think to yourself, this man, he came in Islam before me. He's senior to me, so he started doing good deeds before me. So in all probabilities, he's better than me. And you show respect to him, whoever he may be, whether he's a rich person, whether he's a poor person, now it's a wealthy man, then people make salam, people will greet. But a poor man, no one shows any consideration. But this is whether the man is a wealthy man, whether he's a... He's senior to you, you show him that respect, you show him that consideration, and you think to yourself, this man is in all probabilities better than me, because he came into Islam first. He's read more namaz. He, his karima he read before I read it. So he's a better person than me. And a junior person, 
When you come in contact with him, then you think to yourself, his sins also started after my sins. Because I am senior to him, I started sinning first. So in all probabilities, the amount of sins I have got are more than his sins. And like that there, you will show compassion to him. You will show kindness to him. So this aspect of respect, as I mentioned, it's, there's so many different angles to look at respect. There's so many ways to understand it. And when a person brings this now, this is now takes a person to perfection. This is like the finishing touches. You know, now there's a building and it's got all the finishing touches. What people won't pay now for the deco, they'll get in uh, interior, you know, in interior designers and you'll get them in and the deco must be that this building must look so beautiful. It must look immaculate. What about your own self? What about your character? What about your etiquettes? What about the way you behave? What about the way you speak? Why are you not so particular? Your car must be immaculate. One small mark on your car, one small uh, if, if a person scratch on the car, he needs to go and take it and repay it immediately. You know, he gets very, very angry. So you're so worried about your car, you're so worried about your home. What about your character? What about your personality? What about you as a human being? How good have you become? How close have you become to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? The name of Nabiya Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa You know, there was a king. He had an attendant by the name of Muhammad. And he would always call him by his name. But one day, he called him by some other name. Tajuddin, he called him. You know, the crown of deen. So the attendant was cognizant to this. And he approached the king and he told him, Every day you call me by my name. But today, you call me by some other title. Are you angry or something? So the king told him, I'm not angry. But he didn't want to divulge it, but because he needed to explain to this person. He said, see, today I wasn't in the state of wudu. I didn't want to take the name of Muhammad ﷺ. This is Muhammad ﷺ's name. If I'm in wudu, I'll take that name. But if not in wudu, although there's no masla, there's no masla like this here, that you have to be in a state of wudu. But that's what the type of respect the people of the past had. Sometimes the monarchs, sometimes the kings. You hear of Imam Malik rahmatullahi is giving a lesson on hadith. And how often there's a lesson on hadith that is taking place sometimes after Fajr, you know, the Riyadh al-Salihin, or the Ta'leem that is being taking place. And that is a lesson of hadith. And a person that is sitting in that gathering, how attentive he should be, how much of respect he should show. Abdullah bin Mubarak rahmatullahi is narrating, we are seeing the face of Imam Malik rahmatullahi, it's turning pale. And something is wrong, but he just carries on with the lesson and eventually completed it. When he completed it, then he told them, just see there's something on my back. When they looked in, on his back, they found that there was a scorpion that had bit him about 16 times. And they told him, oh Imam, but why did you not say? He says that this was the words of Rasulullah This was a lesson of hadith. I didn't want to just abruptly now, just end it off. I found it to be disrespectful. So he could tolerate that scorpion biting him, but he could not tolerate the any type of disrespect being shown to the hadith of Rasulullah the words of Rasulullah So respected friends, as we mentioned, this is a very, very vast topic. It's got so many different angles to it. But what is very, very important is for us to understand that this adab is a very, very important thing. We need to learn it. We need to teach it to our children, impart it to others. And inshallah, always check ourselves. You know, we need to always keep ourselves 
uh, under check to see, now I spoke, what did I say, how did I say it, how did I respond, what words did I use, inshallah, the more we will work on ourselves, inshallah, the more we will inculcate this quality within ourselves, and this will be a means of our salvation in this world, in the qabr and the year after. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us the true understanding. Wa akhiru da'wana alhamdulillah.